Try This Again is the title of my autobiography. <laughs> are excited. Mostly we're telling ourselves we're excited so that we don't sound tired, but also <laughs> we're excited because we have a great guest today. We are. Yes. Uh, yeah. Welcome to What's the Point. I'm Amanda. And I'm Tava. We remembered to do that Thank this you. time. We did great. Thank you so much. It was very difficult. Appreciate all your applause. Uh, yes. Thank so you. So with that, we're going to do our wind down. Yeah, we are. Okay. Can I go first? Because I'm doing two. Since you're doing two, we can do a sandwich. That, that's what I meant. Yeah. 100%. Okay, go. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm going to do the one not related to anything first because I just saw this in my notes and I remembered. And if I talked about this before, tell me. But there was a lady that called uh, the police on her Roomba. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> she apparently it like while she was gone or something, it had like turned on, which it, it does. And I know this because we have one in my apartment. Uh, but it locked itself in the bathroom because it sometimes closes doors on accident. So it was in the bathroom and just like banging around things. And so oh, she called the cops thinking there was someone god. in her bathroom. <laughs> it was her Roomba. Oh yeah. my god. And this I is... just thought that was great because I was like, that is 100% something I would do. <laughs> That's how robots are going to take over the future. They just bang yes. around your bathroom, apparently. Yeah, yeah. It's oh not related god. to anything, but I thought it was hilarious. Wow. I, like, I could 100% see myself doing that. <laughs> yeah, same, yep. actually. <laughs> Yeah. I would forget that I had a robot anything and just... Yes. Well, the other day... I would do that if I if I had, like, an Alexa and that was in the bathroom and just, like, talking. Yeah. Like, uh, what the fuck? They're creepy. <laughs> There's a crazy bitch in my bathroom. <laughs> someone, someone talking about recipes in the bathroom. <laughs> like, She's make telling sense. me to buy carrots. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, yeah. Uh, but the, even, like, the other day, I came back and... Um, the wind had like closed my roommate's door and I was like I know that I'm the first one home and so I was like really weirded out about it because I was like I'd been I literally came home grabbed my laundry and like went like dropped off my laundry and came back and I got back the door was closed and I was like oh no (laughs) like the cat was being weird and I was just like someone's here (laughs) it was fine it's not cool but awesome I could see that happening (laughs) you may do your real check-in what yours was real okay um all right, I'm I'm just gonna talk about it because I'm hot and it's on my mind. Uh, my AC as of two thirty in the morning isn't working. It's kaput. <laughs> so I woke up sweating and then I was frantically trying to turn it on and it wasn't working and it was very sad and I was kind of still drunk and um, <laughs> so you're just like sweating out the alcohol. Yeah. It's just all very sad. No, and that's gross. the worst when um, you're like have done any level of drinking and it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we record in my bedroom and it's it's very hot in here currently and I'm I'm so sorry. <laughs> Especially we, sorry to Tefa, our guests. Tefa came through with a fan. We're we're gonna make it work. Today it's not really too bad, but tomorrow's gonna be eighty six. So shit. Uh, it's fucking maybe summer. I'm crashing somewhere else. That's cool. Yeah, I put my wall unit in, so you're welcome to come. Hey. I I might. It's actually it's real nice. That sounds it's great. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm all about it. I don't know if I want to sleep here. So. I I straight up wouldn't. I, would I doubt die. we're getting it fixed before. The weekend is over. So. Especially because it's Memorial Day weekend. I feel I like know. that's the weekend. So one year, my dad came up to visit during Memorial Day weekend, and it was the first time we tried turning the air on. And because it just in New York, you just don't use it until you like pretty much yeah. need to. And so it uh, it was broken, obviously. And I'm from Florida, the land of air conditioning. So <laughs> we spent the entire weekend just being fucking hot. And then we went, it was, he like, yeah, then we went to Ohio to visit my family. Also, this is the first time they had turned on their air conditioning broken <laughs> he was like i have to go back to florida so i can have some fucking air conditioning <laughs> like i know that's so the I'm not thing hot. about hot places they definitely have it yeah <laughs> their air works yeah 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 so all right, all right. what's your second? last check-in um so i'm gonna actually make this related to anything we're talking about but i went to the good new comedy of battle days yeah 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 the last one we had dylan yeah um who uh produces and hosts that show he's amazing um really great lineup last night and there i actually i just wanted to point this out because i feel like especially in comedy and in stand-up so many people try to do like gay jokes and they're just you can't do that like it doesn't work it's terrible you lose the audience right and so there was a guy last night that actually um there was that did 
did it really well, right? And so mm-hmm. he, like, basically he, I can't do it because I'm going to fuck it up, but, like, he he punched up, right, in the way that I was, yeah. like, I for, you always forget, like, how important that is, right? And I was, like, that worked because he wasn't making fun of anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he was making fun of himself, and it was really well done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I wish I could, like, tell you what he was talking about, but I'm going to make it sound horrible. That's okay. <laughs> but just it, I just, like, I think that that's so well important to remember, it. to, like, punch up, especially in stand-up, punch especially up, right always. now where you, like, just can't yeah. just make fun of people like that's not funny yeah um so yeah yeah and an improv too like yeah 100 percent. you're gonna like do an impression it has to be a punch-up yeah not don't down. be a dick and make fun of somebody with a disability like yeah <laughs> you know like don't fucking do that yeah. <laughs> so, somebody who like doesn't have all their rights that's not cool yeah exactly <laughs> don't do it yeah so <laughs> that's great. i feel like that's a positive yeah no to end on with a check-in so perfect all right well we're gonna that take was a break. the wind down and then that we'll be back it. with our special guest Jason Speckland, ooh, ooh. improv teacher, performer, former coach of Tefas. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right. At the Food Network, we like to overcomplicate things and make you think cooking is elaborate. However, recent testing shows that no one even tries the recipes we air because they, quote, look too hard and people, quote, don't have time for that shit. As a result, we're scaling back the production at the Food Network and bringing a new primetime show that you can really get on board with, Realistic Meals. On Realistic Meals, our production staff knows that you have limited time and limited cooking knowledge. We're ready to give you the simplest recipes that can feed your family and leave you craving something with more flavor. Our standout recipes will include just plain chicken, rice and soy sauce, microwave quesadilla, toast, pasta noodles, canned tuna and mayonnaise, plain salad with ranch, because everyone loves ranch. Other things you can learn on the show will include lessons like when do your condiments expire, be careful, the stove is hot, reading frozen meal directions, ordering takeout, With realistic meals by your side, you'll feel right at home because the Food Network won't be talking down to you anymore. We know you're not capable of making something better, so we're not going to try anymore. Come this fall, look out for realistic meals on Mondays at 9 p.m. That is if you still have cable. And we're back. Whoop, whoop. I feel like we ah uh, we said we were gonna woo. Uh, <laughs> that's different than saying yay. Yeah, that's true. I think they're separate. Yeah, I, I know. know you guys get the listeners. You get to hear music, but we don't hear it going into this. And I feel like I want to like, you know. Yeah, that's because I'm not a very good audio engineer. I don't know how to play it, and also no, that's fine. I feel like it'd be actually weird if we were like listening to our theme song every time we did this. It would probably like pump us up. Then we wouldn't have to go like we're excited. Yeah, that's true. We should start listening to music know. or something. Anyway, so uh, welcome back. We would like to welcome our guest, Jason. Hello, how Jason. are you? Thank Hi, you Jason. for coming. Thank My you pleasure. so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I feel like you're reading a smoothing audiobook to me right now. I know. Yes, well, welcome to my very smooth audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> like, all all y'all are ruining the illusion of the podcast, saying that we're not playing the music live <laughs> over it. Like, they're just people staring at their phones <laughs> and their commutes like, oh, I am so disillusioned right now. What have you we done? We just ruined it. We should yeah. just quit now, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we won't mention anything about the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> Wait, What? <laughs> Oh my god! Ah, you got me while I was. Oh, we should have filled you up on the break. Oh no! We suck. Oh no! It's all right. I'll be parched <laughs> the rest of the time. Oh no! It's eighty-seven degrees. Oh, room. It's, it's very hot in here. That's chill. That's chill. Jason, do you have any thoughts on our wind down? Any robots breaking in or? Uh... Oh yeah, no. Of course, <laughs> of course, I do. Like, yeah, just a Roomba minding its own business, and then some woman calls the cops on it, just trying to live its life. Look, look, officer, I'm just trying to suck up some dust in this corner, and now, and next thing I know, there's a ton of cops on me. He's literally like, I was just doing my job. I was just <laughs> doing my, I'm just trying to live my life. Profiling. And all of a sudden, yeah. robot profiling. Uh, vacuuming while robot. Right? Oh. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well. Yeah, so there's, there's going to be a big Roomba protest, and like that street is going to be yeah. so clean after they go down wow. it. So true. <laughs> I appreciate that. I love. I, I like this take. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I know. Well. I feel like anything else on um, the other 
Any what, other is, what else did we talk about? Wind downs. Well, what, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> well, what, one, one, thing, one thing you were talking about is the, uh, and the idea of, you know, punching up as opposed to yeah, punching down. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And so I, so I teach uh, improv. Yeah. And so I have a lot of people coming into my class who are, you know, they're, they're not familiar with the world of comedy. And sometimes they'll say things that are just not appropriate. And I've heard other improv teachers say, oh, I just smacked that. You know, I just smack that down. I just you know, take a newspaper and swat them in the nose, figuratively, of course. <laughs> or maybe literally, I wasn't there. <laughs> um, Unclear. But what, what I like to think that most people are coming from a, from a good place generally and are just kind of, you know, maybe ignorant or insensitive. And I say right. that it's my fault. I say, I've been in this world of comedy for like 25 years, teaching, performing improv. I am way, way, way more responsible for the state of the world in comedy than you are, person who has just dropped into this improv class for the mm. first time. So I say, okay, how can we make this inclusive to people who are also enjoying comedy for the yeah. first time? And rather than you know swatting the nose, where they either they will have two reactions: one is like, "Oh God, I can't do comedy ever," or right. the other is, "Well, you know, comedy is hand shackling me with uh, right. this SJW stuff," and then we're, they're lost to ever learning that lesson forever. Yeah. So I try to make it. Let's you know, let's make it an inclusive space for everyone, so that we can build trust. So that when we trust each other, then we can do cool and edgy stuff nice. because we're coming from an area of trust. Yeah. I love that so much. That's so much better. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's amazing. I feel like uh, I don't know. There are there are a lot of people who are like, oh, comedy's too like politically correct now, and I can't do all these things. And it's like, well, if you if you're smart about it, you you can still make that funny. You just can't punch down in that way. Right. Um, but. Yeah, I like that. Let's let's educate and trust each other instead of Yeah, and I do feel like in improv like you you do do so much better when you like trust the people you're doing it with. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Right, absolutely. So I, I one of the shows that I do is called George Martha and it's an improvised Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Oh. Uh, I do it with my my scene partner Adrian Sexton and I do a passable Richard Burton impression and she does an amazing Elizabeth <laughs> Taylor impression. <laughs> And, you know, we'll, we'll get a suggestion like, you know, what's something a married couple might have that we don't? Like a fondue pot. And then but we, we do the whole show. And then at the end, it's like, you know, uh, Martha, the fondue pot is dead. <laughs> like, and she says, no, no. But throughout, throughout, that, um, throughout that show, we're doing terrible, cruel, awful things to each other. I am saying terrible, awful, misogynistic things about her. But it's coming from a place of trust. Yeah. We have built that trust over years. She's not a random person that I just met in an right, improv class. Yeah. And there, there's room for that in the context of this is a commentary, in the context of this is a parody. Uh, comedy is very contextual, as I'm sure yeah, you're, you're aware. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, 100%. Yeah. If you take stuff out of context, it can seem yeah. like... Or just, like, if you, like, watched an improv scene with, like, no background on, like, what happened before... Oh, You'd be like, worst. this isn't funny. I don't get it. And everyone's laughing. And you're like, oh, like, because it's all about context. That's the whole point of improv. But I feel like also, too, that's one of my favorite things about it is, like, especially in live performance, like, it's literally, like, you've built this with the audience and it yeah. isn't funny on its own. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and so totally. I love that, like, how it kind of fuels itself. Absolutely. Yeah, and it, it's it's truly not – it's so difficult to do things like even just watch improv on video, like a recorded yeah. improv set. Just that ephemeral magic just disappears. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that is so crazy to me. We need more guests that say words like ephemeral. That, <laughs> that was great. I'm feeling smarter already. I know. I love, I love um, so how did you – so, yeah, how did you get started in improv? Uh, that's a difficult like, question. I've been doing improv since I was a kid. Like, really? Yeah, so I was like literally just 18 wow. uh, in South Florida. So I'm also Floridian, so I also understand the need for good air conditioning. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, yeah I didn't know how to be hot until I moved here. Right. <laughs> Straight up, I'd never been hot before in my life. I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the best, worst feeling is when you're in a building in Florida and the air conditioner is amazing and you're wearing glasses because I, I, now I wear context, contacts. I used to wear glasses. And when you walk out and just the humidity just blasts <laughs> fog onto your glasses. <laughs> exactly. And you have that choking 98% humidity feeling. Like, oh man, Florida. <laughs> no, I straight up when I first moved here, I would tell people that all the time. I was like, no, I, I don't, I, I've never like been hot, right? So like you would go from your air conditioned car, you would walk two minutes and yeah, you would sweat your ass off, but then you would walk inside and you were immediately cold. <laughs> like, oh, but that yeah. first time you walk in your hot car, if it's been parked in a place Ooh, under the sun, oh yeah. man. I burned the shit out of my hands. car. 
I had a I had a dark blue, like a, a midnight That's blue car. And it actually got so hot in the summers that my CDs would melt. And I Googled it. It has to be 140 degrees in order to melt the like plastic for the CDs. Nice. Yeah. So that's how hot it gets in cars, guys. <laughs> Just FYI. Totally derailed you. But so you were in South Florida. <laughs> I, I derailed it myself. I was like, oh, South Florida, air conditioning. Uh, you were nice and cool. And... Yeah, we were nice and cool in this nicely air conditioned theater. Um, yeah, no, I, I joined a group called Comics Anonymous, uh, a comedy nice. improv trout, which is what it said on the shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, then I did uh, comedy sports in Fort Lauderdale, and I went to college in Pittsburgh, and there was an improv group there, uh, but they had never performed in front of people. And since I was a person who had actually performed improv in front of people, they naturally just made me the artistic director. And well, so I, I got this group performing, and now, 20-plus years later, they're still a performing group. They're the no-parking players at uh, Carnegie Mellon University. Wow. And uh, co- now every year they have this uh, festival that they call Detour, and they invite me to come back to my campus and teach, like, this next generation of improvisers at CMU, and Aww. it's so much fun. You said they invite you. Do you go? Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> they invite me, and I'm like, oh, no, I am busy. What? Oh, Hanging out I live in New York kids. now. <laughs> So, oh although the, the weirdest thing was, um, so they invited us to their college after party, yeah. and I had no intention whatsoever going because I'm an old man, and <laughs> I left something in the theater, and I had to go pick it up at this college oh, party. No. So I go up there, and like, there's red solo cups, there's loud cool. music, there's people riding on the backs of other people. <laughs> I am like, I made the right decision. <laughs> These these people don't want a 45-year-old man. (laughs) I don't want to be here. There is a lawn. People need to be uh, told to get off of somewhere. (laughs) Uh, I miss miss those having lawns. So then then after college, I moved to New York, and uh, I, you know, was involved in UCB just like everyone else in the universe. (laughs) And... uh, You know, I, you know I, I was there very early, very heady, exciting times. So, like, my teachers were uh, Armando Diaz, uh, Amy Poehler, Ian Roberts, wow. and then Ali Faranaki. And before he went off, you know, so I had literally the people who would form every wow. improv group, every. every improv theater in the city, yeah. as well as, you know, two of the giants of improv. And I had no idea what I had at the time. Oh. Yeah. Holy, <laughs> my mouth is just like agape yeah. right now. I so can't even say anything. One of, the, one of the cool things I remember about uh, Amy's class was that uh, she was so excited because this was when uh, co- co- the Upright Citizens Brigade show was on Comedy Central. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was like, I'm so excited. I just got to meet the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, yeah. dated. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking amazing. I'm super impressed. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, but don't be impressed. What? I just signed up for a no, class. No, I, I know, <laughs> but that's ins- what was that even like? So, when they brought us in, this was when the theater was on, I think, like 22nd Street. Uh, and that, which, which, yeah, yeah. So um, now it's like a tile shop, but it, that yeah. used to be the UCB theater on like Twenty Second Street. It was uh, they'd been doing stuff at like the Flea Theater and other places, sure. and this was, I think, their first official theater that was theirs. And they called all the students into the place because there were uh, there were so few students that you could right? do that. And you know, they said this used to be a strip club, and we're building this into our improv house, and it's going to be amazing. And I thought at the time, wow, I'm really at the start of something that's going to be big. Wow. Um, and then I totally and, and then I totally failed it. <laughs> so I was I was there. I got put on a team, and then I got cut from a team, like a lot of people. Sure. Uh, and then I was like, I am terrible at improv. I can never show my face here again. Aww. And then all my those my peers who were at that point all you know became people that you know. You know. Yeah. No, that's amazing though. Right. Like that's. I, I think uh, is it amazing? So much... I, I was in a great time and never took advantage of it. Uh, Yes. Okay. I think that it is. <laughs> All right. And, and I think you did in other ways, too. You know what I mean? And I think it, there's so much to be said, especially for, like, all, and we've talked a little bit about this, like, all of comedy, all of, like, acting or anything in, like, this world is, like, there's so much rejection, and it's so easy to be like, well, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not good at this. I'm just going to walk away. Oh, and, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's literally, sometimes it has very little to do with, like, you or your abilities. Like, it's just other it's just kind of extenuating factors. The fact and, that you keep going. Is, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I so for, at that point, I dropped out of improv for a while. I, I just mm-hmm. did, uh, you know, regular theater because that was also part of my background was yeah. was uh, straight theater, and I I regret doing that. But for one important thing, that I met my wife doing a production of Much Ado About Nothing. Aww. Yeah. 
So, See? So ultimately, it was for the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 We're all romantics at heart. Right? <laughs> that, it would be great to say that she was Beatrice and I was Benedict, and then, like, oh, we, we actually built up that yeah. uh, tension. Uh, but no, she was Beatrice and I was like Virgis, which is like Dogberry's <laughs> sidekick. So. Oh I had a That's nothing great. role, but we did fall in love. So Aww. That's precious. That's so oh, I really like that, though. That's great. <laughs> yes, all, my point is, I think it's worth persevering. And I think. Yeah. Um, it's great that you learned that lesson. You know what I mean? And you, you did eventually come back. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How did you end up coming back to it then? Well, uh, my, my friend uh, Alex had a level one show, a level one class show at UCB. And by this time, they'd moved into their theater under Gristides. Yeah. Um, so I went there to see it. And it's no longer there anymore either. It's not there anymore, yeah. no. Oh, New York. All right. Real estate. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> so I went to see her show. And it was about your average level one show, uh, which is to say magical. Because, like, you know, level one shows, I think people just kind of, I, I don't know, they lose their inhibitions. They're like, oh, well, I said I would do this thing and I better do it. And just level one shows seem to be magical. Level yeah. two shows, level three shows are usually about what you expect, but level one shows can be magical. And this level one show, I thought, Alex did not agree, but I thought was magical. Um, and I'm like, what have I been doing? I have to go back. I have to go back. Or was a lost commercial. Yes. I have to go back. <laughs> so I went to sign up for classes at the place I knew, UCB, and they were all full. So yep. I had done like one, th- I saw a friend do one thing at the pit, which was then just what is now the pit loft. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, why don't I do that? So I signed up for a class there and the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, oh. and now you teach classes there, yes? And now I teach classes there, yes. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I teach uh, drop-ins. Like you can just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I want to say maybe that's how I met you the first time, was a drop-in. I don't even know. It's possible? Yeah. Unclear. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, yeah, but I think, so I started doing stuff with the pit exclusively because I, like, UCB was so intimidating. I was like, these are people that, like, know what they're doing. You know what I mean? And they're, like, intense, and yeah. I don't want right. to be Right, well, we have the pit. We have no <laughs> blessed idea. <laughs> So whatever, but like the like logo or whatever, it's like follow your fear, and then and they also have the drop-ins, which is truly like why I was like I'm gonna go to a drop-in and like see what this is about, and then I ended yeah. up just being like, well, this is amazing, and I kept going to them, and that's how I met people and got on a team and all that jazz. So and met you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and I will say just because um yeah we're here, but the <laughs> I will say no. One of the pieces of advice that you gave me once was just like you know how like everybody just has those like days where you're just like off and it doesn't work or whatever, and you were basically just like you have to stop beating yourself up, just like let it go, it happened, and move on. And I was like, I know that sounds like intuitive, but it yeah. was like something that I very much needed to hear to be able to keep going. That was a hard one lesson. <laughs> let, let me tell you that. I, I'm still, yeah, I'm not sure that I have it, but. <laughs> I'm not sure that I have it. It's, you know, the thing about advice is it's so much easier to give it than to receive it. <laughs> Absolutely. But, oh, oh yeah, no, like there were, there were times and I do just a show that I just felt was awful and I would I would hate myself. Uh, like I, I was on a team that was a pretty decent team uh, at the pit. And afterwards, me and one other person on the team would like sit and stew about things that we thought were bad for hours. That was the least healthy oh, relationship no. oh, yeah. ever. That's awful. Oh, yeah, it's it, it wasn't good. And I, I and I, I still have a hard time because I'm so into it. You know, taking apart my self worth from the quality of my last show. Right. <laughs> and like the thing is like even when my last show just objectively kills, I can never just bring that. That never yeah. falls in the tally of my self-worth. Like Why oh is that was that? A, that was a one-off fluke, but every yeah. time I was terrible, that is a deep and profound oh statement God. of my personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That shit's tough. I don't know. I wish I knew. <laughs> I, I, I'd make so many improv people so much happier if I could impart <laughs> that knowledge somehow. Yeah. Is there a, a time you bombed that, like, really sticks out to you? Um, oh, God, there are so many. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about uh, one recent one. So uh, we were doing a show... It, Oh, I don't want to throw people under a bus, but it, it was not—it uh, was not super well planned. Cool. Uh, although this person has planned things well in the past, and it was with a very killer cast of pit people, myself not included. Uh, but it was a really killer cast of pit people, and what we were kind of doing was doing improv based on the life experiences of this guy who had. 
well, I have to say who he is. He's a guy who's like in like TD Ameritrade commercials. Like he's a bearded guy and he just, he, he, he has a very soothing, calming voice. And it turns out he's had this wacky, crazy life doing acting and theater and stuff. Wow. But he just, on camera, he just reads as this very serious investment guy. Huh. And so he's he's on the TD Ameritrade commercials. And so, and so we, I, I just felt off. We just bombed totally. Just, it was not great. The games we were doing were just kind of made up on the spot by the host and I love this host dearly. I'm not going to say his name. I love him dearly, but this was just not well planned. And it just bombed totally and completely and awfully. And now every time I see a TD Ameritrade commercial, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that man saw me bomb. Oh, I got to cringe into my body. He can see me through the TV. I know it. <laughs> that's, I, yeah, that's so stressful when you have like, almost like, like PTSD, but with something that's so, like no one else has any sort of averse reactions to TV Ameritrade, like, I mean, maybe, yeah. but in general, I, I think that's hilarious. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm glad so, I was able to extract some humor yeah, from that great situation. Story. Yes. <laughs> that itself was amazing. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, who, who, like, it, um, who inspires you comedically? Like, who do you, who's your, like, you um, know? You say, yes. Yeah. No, I, I got you. <laughs> I don't know where the fucking question. <laughs> So um, some of the people who inspire me comedically are like, um, and this is just going to sound so stock improv answer, but uh, TJ and Dave, you know, okay. TJ Jagodowski and Dave Pasquese, mm. uh, if you've ever seen their show, it's just so, first off, so funny and hysterically, but all, uh, so beautiful and emotionally honest as well. Uh, they're just the masters uh, of, of what they do. And like it's a st- it's a statement on improv that like uh, T J Jagodowski, literally one of the best improvisers on earth, makes his living in Sonic commercials. Uh, but have it, I ever right. seen a Sonic commercial? It's you like, definitely have. Was my first thought. It's the guy sitting in the car, and huh. they're just like shooting the shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had cable in like ten years, so I really don't know that I've ever seen a commercial. You oh, okay, have. okay, misjudgmental because I've never seen the Good Place. <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse me. One of those things are more important than the other. <laughs> Just saying, just saying. <laughs> so, so they're they're definitely uh, some of my some of my idols in terms of the kind of improv that I want to do. Listen, and, based off of that, I will go watch a Sonic commercial. I will like YouTube. The Sonic the commercials are not the <laughs> not the best demonstration of this talent. We'll see. We'll see. We'll check it out. Oh my god. Um, no, but I think that's that's great. We'll be on YouTube later. <laughs> Looking at all the things. Checking out the Sonic sure. commercials. Guys, guys, you gotta watch the Sonic commercial. <laughs> this guy, he looks sure. real dumb and eats a hamburger. This guy's the best on earth. <laughs> you can't tell it from this, but this guy is the best on earth. This is a master class. <laughs> On eating a hamburger and looking dumb. <laughs> you don't even know. Um, so do you like coaching? Uh, I love coaching. What do you I love, love coaching. about it? I love coaching and I love teaching. Um, I love, like, the idea of shaping the next generation of improvisers. Aww. I love the idea of helping people get better. Like, I, I yeah. love seeing the good in all improv performance. Like it's in the beginning improv performers, uh, I love seeing when they finally make an emotional choice and they feel what that feels like. Uh, I love seeing them discover that. Yeah. Um, you know, I love encouraging people on that journey and not just about improv, about, you know, it's about teaching and coaching in general. Yeah. No, is I there think that's a, great. Is there like one or a couple of students where where you've seen them just like, realize their potential like beyond your wildest dreams where you're like oh my god you like really um, went for this well it's very rare that I, I see that kind of you know singular epiphany in class yeah usually it's more along the lines of oh see you made a you made a choice see what happens when you make a strong emotional choice yeah, didn't that feel great yeah. you got a laugh from the class why because you made a great emotional choice uh it's more like uh what i've seen happen is i'll teach someone in a class maybe they'll have that epiphany with me maybe they won't but i'll I'll set a level for what I think they perform at in my head. Mm-hmm. And then months or even years later, I'll see them perform with an indie team or on a pit team or something. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this person has improved miles. <laughs> I am so excited for that person. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so nice. Jake's. Um, <laughs> what are, so uh, what is, who are like the toughest people to coach? The toughest people to coach 
are people who think they already know it all, mm-hmm. um, and people mm-hmm. who, perhaps like me, have improv tied up so much in their self worth that getting notes, even notes that I try to frame as positive, hurts them, mm-hmm. and their reaction to being hurt is to be defensive, mm-hmm. and those are difficult people to coach, like the. The assholes are just assholes, <laughs> yeah. um, and they're not all that difficult. But it's the people who who are defensive, yeah. pe- you know, people who are not open to notes and discovering new things. Those mm-hmm. those are difficult, difficult people to coach, and I, I feel for them. And I, I want, yeah. I w- again, I want to share this part of my journey with them in some magical way where I can like Spock mind meld to them <laughs> and say, my improv self-esteem to your improv self-esteem. <laughs> yeah, it's always so hard with like anything creative to not feel like a note on it is personal. And like it, I feel like it takes a lot of practice and just being like, here, like read this or I'm going to do this for you and give me notes. And like, it just takes repetition before you're like, I don't care about, like, I'm not tied up in like, yeah, how that will affect like, and especially with like improv or like writing, like, oh, it was a bad (laughs) Writing. I'm day. Worst I don't know. That. I don't I like to stuck. share anything I like, wrote. It feels too permanent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it's not. You can rewrite it. I know. It's but I think it goes back to. I think it goes back to vulnerability, right? So like yeah. you're in this you place of vulnerability, vulnerable. and yeah. the second that someone and like that's the scariest part of being vulnerable is you're gonna get like bad feedback. And it even if it's in a positive way framed, sometimes it feels like you're. It's because it's tied to it yourself. Feels worth, like it's right? about you, right? And not what you did, right? Which is, I think different, but also the same. And there are times to this day, like even recent rehearsals for my armory team well i'll get a note and i'll feel that sting and i'm like put that aside put that shit aside it's not about (laughs) you listen to the note you're not listening right now because your own fight or flight response is kicking in relax and listen to what your coach has to say he might be right he might be wrong but like you can't let it hurt you you know i fucking love the armory i love it too leah evans who you've had as a (laughs) guest is a freaking goddess I know. And I kept, when she was here, I kept like saying that to her. I was like, you're amazing. You're a trailblazer. She'll never accept it. She would. I was like, I need you. I just kept saying it. And they were like, why do you keep saying it? I'm like, I need you to acknowledge me. That's what this is. I need you to acknowledge this statement. So I have a a great uh, Leah story. So she'll be so thrilled. Okay. So also, we uh, only punch up on this show. So oh, no, no. This is so like the the, the, when I want to punch down, I don't name names. When I want to punch up, when this is not punching, I want to not punch at all in any direction. We're Um, only saying good things about Leah. Um, so I invited her to, to lunch, to, to buy her lunch. I'd been doing this with a bunch of like artist people. I wanted to bring artist people into lunch, kind of just to pick their brains and talk to them. Kind of like what you're doing here. I say, we just do it on a podcast. Right? Yeah. If only I'd had a microphone. (laughs) We just make people like sweat it out until they're like, I'll tell you. (laughs) What do you want to know? So instead, uh, I bought Leah, uh, lunch at a restaurant and she was talking about, uh, moving into a theater. And I was a little frightened for her because I was like, there's so many expenses involved in that and things you might not have thought of. You know, insurance, how are you going to make your nut? Um, Like, you know, all of these things, you know, all these myriad of things that come with managing, actually managing a theater are so atrociously difficult. And I I said, like, are you prepared for this? And she's like, of course I'm prepared. I prepared X and Y and Z and W and like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I (laughs) doubted you. That was wrong. I will never doubt you again. Never, never, never. Never doubt Leah, but also can I just say, like, I just want to, like, snaps for, like, ladies, right? Like, ladies have their shit together. Like, they're always so organized, just in general. Sorry to bring this into it, but I was like, I just genuinely think that, like, women especially tend to, like, over-prepare for these types of things. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I totally see that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's the same with, like, job applications. Like, women will only apply to a job if they actually feel like they meet the qualifications listed. Right. And men are just like, oh, no, here's my resume. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll throw it in anyway. not qualified based on this, but... And then they get hired, so... And that's been been one of my pieces of advice. I always tell people, I somehow always end up talking to college kids about job stuff, which is weird. That's not my job. Um, And so I always, yeah, I'm always like, I wasn't even kind of qualified for the job I'm in. So whatever, you know, just like apply. Don't think that those rules matter. Right. Absolutely. And over prepare for your interviews. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, but that's amazing. She's awesome. And I 100% believe that. Uh, And the Armory is doing so great. It is. is. And like the Armory has an energy that I have not felt 
in a very, very long time. Possibly I'm since then. That it's palpable. Yeah. That like yeah. energy when you walk in that Absolutely. room. Absolutely. Yeah, like I think like uh, again back in the day, UCB kind of had that energy. Yeah. Like early, early pit when it was just the pit loft, kind of had that energy. But like these theaters get bigger and their spaces get bigger, and it's yeah. literally like diffusing the energy. I think so, I so UCB opened the Hell's Kitchen one, which is where they're doing a lot of the shows now. And I, I do sense that, like, UCB is still, you know, UCB and great, but, like, that theater feels so theatery and formal, and it doesn't have the same, like, gritty, like, oh, bunch yeah. of people doing comedy. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. Like, that's the thing I loved, even about the Chelsea Theater for UCB. I was like, I love that it just, it's in a basement. Oh, like, yeah. It's, just... it's like, yeah, and it's close quarters. This isn't close. Hell's Kitchen is not Were you there the, the day that we went to that show and Amy Poehler was there? No, I missed that. Oh, yeah. It was, was still yeah. mad about it. Uh, yeah, we went. She like randomly showed up at like we went to one of the free Sunday shows. It was like Ask Cat. Yeah, and we like stood in line for forever and like went inside. And it's everyone does that every week. And then Amy Poehler just like walks out on stage and everybody's like, "What the fuck?" You know, like obviously went like crazy. And then like I was talking to one of the people that like worked there, and you know, we were like, I, I was with our friend, and he was like, "This happened." And she was like, "I've been here for two years. I've never seen her before." You know what I mean? Like kind of deal. It was amazing, like a one time thing. But anyway. Had such a great. Yeah, and I remember when she was impressed by the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Oh, back in, also, have you seen Wine Country? Anyone? Yes. So good. Great. Fucking, I'm like, I love well, it. now I need to go to Napa. <laughs> like, Let's go. I just want to go roll down a <laughs> hill. Go to Napa, James. <laughs> it's in my queue right after the Good Place. <laughs> Perfect. You've got. We got to talk about the Good Place later. Um, cool. So <laughs> I, had a, I had other questions for you. Um, do you have any relevant ones? Because I have a random question I want to ask. Um. I forgot what we were talking about. We were talking about the armory. How how did you come to find out about the armory and get involved in that community specifically? Um, well, I, I've been tangentially kind of part of it for a while. Like, uh, she does the We're Trying Here 24-hour festivals. I've been, yes. Yes, I've been a part of a couple of those. Uh, I knew her from when she worked at the pit, uh, when she, uh, she would run an indie team show at like 5 o'clock or something yeah. um, back when I was on a house team there. So so I, I saw her and interacted with her a fair amount. Mm. And uh, again, I fell for the classic blunder, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, never deal with a Sicilian when death is on the line, but also, less well known, is never <laughs> underestimate Leah Evans. So yes. she put together this this improv group, mm-hmm. and I, I, in my arrogance and my mistakenness, kind of wrote it off. You know, I didn't really think about it. It was just some little thing they were doing in, like, this weird theater near Times Square. And then it just got bigger and bigger, and, like, people who I knew and respected became a part of it. I was like, oh, this is actually a thing. (laughs) Uh, And then I I went to see it, and I loved it, and I auditioned, and uh, I got in, and I was thrilled about getting in, and uh, I should have gotten in at the beginning because I shouldn't have doubted Leah. uh, (laughs) I feel like that's, like, a tombstone... um... Epitaph? Is that the right word? Were I you have like, no idea. I think that's what Were it's called. Are you saying right? such big words? I know. That, <laughs> I was like trying to impress Jason. Well, I was just, I was just <laughs> saying at my work work the other day, like I wanted to say on my tombstone, here lies Jason Speckland. But, you know, uh, Doubted faith, Leah Evans. <laughs> faithful father, but he always wrote the agenda on meeting invites. <laughs> and under that, like, never doubted Leah Evans again after he made that mistake once. <laughs> that's a small... Font on the tombstone yeah. to fit all that, or a big it. tombstone, or a big tombstone. Either way, oh, I'm so. definitely going for a small font. <laughs> <laughs> We're not made of money over here. Yeah. Who do you think? I, what you want? You want this giant tombstone? No, can, can I get a tic tac? Can I get a tic tac tombstone? And Teeny you, tiny font. You, you get those guys who can do a whole drawing and a grain of rice. That's the guy I want writing the stuff on my tombstone. <laughs> that guy's expensive to import um for sure <laughs> no i don't know why i added that last word and it seemed rude and i'm sorry about it <laughs> just it didn't it came out of my mouth i'm so sorry um nice so yeah uh, we're just gonna keep going i'm so sorry um, go to your random question okay so this is a question that when we went i was trying to think of where it came from but it was such a good question that i was like i'm gonna ask this to our next guest um and it is from wild horses so thank you for just being amazing wild horses we love yeah, you and great. like everything you do on instagram and 100 percent. and uh yeah so <clears throat> where's the scariest place you've ever slept oh the scariest <laughs> place i've ever slept yeah um uh wow let, let me let me think um i one that comes to mind was I went on a trip to Disney World, like you do when you're from Florida, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. with a high school friend of mine. And, like, 
I'm not in charge of the accommodations. So um, I, you know, I didn't choose the hotel, but we were at this hotel in Kissimmee, Florida, with like orange shag carpet. <laughs> oh, and like, no. like the hotel out of um, the Florida Project. I have not seen the Florida okay. Project. All right, that's fine. Should, should I have? Should I see it before or after the good place? Jason will make a list for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll take this offline. <laughs> Coming soon, the Things Jason Hasn't Seen playlist. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the furniture was clearly rotting. Oh, um, oh no. That, yeah, that, that... Because every, there's so much fucking humidity in Florida yeah. that yeah. anything left alone will eventually rot. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, oh, uh, that reminds me, one time we came, me and my wife came down to Florida for my sister's wedding, uh, and I booked a hotel, because I'm like, oh, it's in South Florida, I know South Florida, I looked at the address, like, oh, I know exactly where this is, I had no idea where it was, (laughs) Uh, it was, like, in the worst, nastiest area of, like, Fort Lauderdale area, rough, Uh, and, like, we walk in, we take one look at the place, we see the stains on the walls and in the bathtub, and we're like, we walk to the front desk, we are not staying here. So we didn't yeah. sleep there, so it doesn't count. So we'd have so. to go with orange shag rugs and rotting furniture. Sure. And what made what was your decision to stay? Like what? I was a kid and had no <laughs> ability to make a <laughs> sure, decision otherwise. Sure. Got it. All right. That's chill. Interesting. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Also, Florida. <laughs> In general, <laughs> just in Florida. That. Yeah. Oh, do you hate Florida uh, jokes or like people when people are like, "Oh, Florida." Um. Not really. No, I don't no, care. You're like, that's fair. I'm, I'm out of there. It's fair. And also, Florida is a very large and diverse state. I grew up in South Florida. South mm-hmm. Florida is like, you know, New York South slash South America North. So yeah. it's, um, you know, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a fun, vibrant, exciting culture that has nothing to do with the vast majority of Florida north of West Palm Beach. Correct. And I, I feel like I always get slightly defensive, but I also don't want, like, I didn't. I didn't like living in Florida, but I didn't live in South Florida. I lived in the part that's basically South Georgia. It's, like, very southern, more horses than people, a lot of cattle. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, this is, I'm from the part that, like, everyone makes fun of, right? And so I was always like, hey, that's not fair. Um, But also, like, you're right. It's exactly that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it's all of those things (laughs) that people make fun of. Twice my hometown made headlines, like, in national news. Once was for, um, I think it was a raccoon riding an alligator. And then the second time was a horse attacking an alligator. So I was like, that's chill. You know, so. So it's fair. Yeah, there was a time at my uh, bus stop where one of the security guards for the housing area that we were in had to attack a water moccasin with nunchucks. I don't know why he had to use nunchucks. But the, <laughs> that was going to be my question. The that's the weapon he was assigned. <laughs> they, 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 I they guess they had to teach all the security guys or... ninjutsu. Like, this, this is the world of the security guard of Pine Island Ridge. You cannot have knives or pepper spray. You must use nunchucks. Oh, my God. But he used the nunchucks and he got rid of the water moccasin. And I can't complain. That is the most fucking Florida thing I've ever heard. Uh, water moccasins. All right, I won't tell you my water moccasin stories. But um, yeah, so I think that's uh, most of the time we talked a lot. I wanted to ask you though, if you, because you know, our target audience is kind of like newer people at, at improv and things. Do you have um, advice for people starting out? Um, so my advice for anyone just kind of starting out, uh, first off, if you're starting off with anything, just don't be afraid to be bad. It's okay to be bad. In fact, being bad is a very important step in being good. Mm. Uh, secondly, like, be, um, as best you can, be emotionally available and vulnerable, even though in a level one class, you are likely to get hurt by, mm. you know, by a classmate who's like, ah, rah, 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 you're, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, oh, mom, you always say this. Um, even though you're likely to get hurt, make yourself emotionally vulnerable. Listen and react to your scene partner and be prepared to react emotionally in the moment using the whole world of emotions that you have already experienced because you're a human being and you've lived in this world. You've already experienced the full gamut of emotion. Just look to that kind of as your touchstone. Oh, that's great. I want to say two things. One, please record an audio book. <laughs> that was great. We, we went right back to the smooth voice. Um, Not to be creepy, but I do love your voice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you have a very good voice. <laughs> and the second thing was like, I feel like um, I'm someone who's a perfectionist. So that's always the hardest part for me is like, 
well, I want to be good. If I'm not good, I don't want to do it. But it, you have to like start somewhere. So it, that's always the hardest thing for me with like new creative initiatives is like, mm-hmm. well, when you start, you are bad. <laughs> no it's, one gets know, good at it immediately. Advice yeah. is always so easy to give and hard, so hard to accept. I, I don't, oh, yeah. I, I don't, I, I, that, that's advice I need to give my own self. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So work on your advice taking as well, guys. Right. Work on it. Yeah. Cool. Well, right. with that, thank you so much for all of your conversation. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with a game. Yes. Sounds exciting. Yay. Hopefully. Oh, sorry. I said yay again. I heard you say it, and I was going to say something. But like, I, I don't want to mess up their podcast. <laughs> we, we do it to ourselves all okay. the time. Okay. I haven't stopped recording it. Oh, Just shit. don't say it. back again again yay crazy ah sorry <laughs> i said yay. stop it Everyone says <laughs> what are you doing talking too much you go uh we're back with jason hello we're gonna play a game all right um i don't know what this game is called but i'm calling it subject matter experts that i played in an improv class so it seemed fun and appropriate um so the deal is we've each written like topics on a piece of paper we're gonna draw when you draw, you have to act like an expert in that subject. So, um, and then the other two people can ask you questions on it. Um, turn your vibrator it's on, off. It's on. It's on airplane mode, but I'm connected to your Wi-Fi. Well, so it went through the Wi-Fi. Turn it's off. It off. It's off. It's off. <laughs> Sorry for anyone that heard a phone vibrate. It wasn't in your head. You guys hear those phantom phone vibrates, like in your life now? No, because my phone has been on silent for five years. But you don't hear it vibrate. No, it's on silent. It doesn't vibrate when it's on silent? No. What do you do with your... F- how do you get text messages? You just check I look it from at time it. to time. <laughs> <laughs> I look at it and I go, oh, I have a text message. Compulsively? Like, what, what, what if someone calls you? Do you hear it ring? No. <laughs> you live your life without notifications? I have notifications, just not... But you don't hear them <laughs> yeah. or know that they exist. That's not... Is that a notification if you're not notified? <laughs> <laughs> I'm truly 100% perplexed by this. Jason, do you have notifications on your phone? I have no audio or vibratory notifications At all? on my sand. phone. Yes. Everyone has their phone on silent. My Are phone you, lives you're the silent. weird one here. It's on. Uh, mine is on vibrate. No. No what one do you does mean? that. What, who, <laughs> I think that I am in the majority here. I don't think so. I'm going to start polling people. We'll do a poll. And uh, in the rest of every episode, we're going to be like, so what's your phone status? <laughs> vibrate or not? You know? Perfect. Okay. Well, I will say I have phantom phone vibrations all the time. I think that like my pocket's vibrating or, and I yeah, like to pick it and up. And I, I live my life without that. I can't even imagine. I don't know that world. I just have my phone on my desk, like at work. And then I see a text message and I say, oh, they texted me. And then I answer. Do you like compulsively check it sometimes? Sometimes. Yeah. But also if I'm busy, then I, and I see text coming in, I just turn it over. Whoa. My mind is blown. My mind is okay. blown. <laughs> Ready okay. to be an expert at something else. <laughs> brief, uh, brief shout out to the worst human beings in the world. The people who leave the phone on their desk but don't turn off the ringer. Ugh, and then they go to a meeting or something and it's just sitting on their desk ringing with that ringtone. Polly phone. Shout out to you assholes. Yeah. And also the people that leave their keyboard clicks on loud. Yes. Stop fucking texting if you got your sound on. Yes. Right. Sound on, we can all agree, is no. Is the, not the right answer. No one does yeah. that. The only time I do that is when I'm waiting on, uh, when I order delivery and I'm waiting. I will turn the sound on so I definitely hear them call. Got it. Okay. This then, do you do that? Uh, I did when I had an apartment that didn't have a doorbell and they, mm-hmm. I, I had yeah, to ask them to call me. Okay. So I would do that in that apartment. They still but always now call I have me a doorbell. even though we have a doorbell. Oh. They but never they ring it. They always call. It depends on the place, I guess. Interesting. I have in my, like notes to seamless like ring this apartment i do too what kind of janky rent the musical apartments are you living in <laughs> Listen. It's new york man you got to do what you can afford <laughs> um all right let's play this game um tef i was thinking we should do like a one minute on questions okay or something all right so i'm responsible for something got it if if you can I got this I know your I phone check my only phone vibrates. <laughs> I, even though it's not vibrating, I feel in my heart that it is, and I check it constantly. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I am attached to my phone. Everyone's attached to their phone. I know. But... I'm not going to repeat the story, but I did have my phone die for a little bit yesterday. I was telling them on the break, and I truly, like, there's no fear. Like, I cannot get text messages. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stressful. Okay. 
All right, so let's play this game. All right, let's do this shit. Um, I'll go first. Thank you. I'll, uh, I'll pick a thing. So you know what it, do we get to know what it is? Yeah. Do you say it out loud? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say it out loud. All right. And did we explain the rules yet? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it's not been done. <laughs> okay. This says medieval art restoration. Oh, cool. All right. So you guys can ask me some questions All on right. that. Um, go. Questions. Uh, yes, I have a question. So yeah. when restoring a priceless piece, uh, how do you determine what to restore and what to leave as is? Because you, th- you feel you might do more damage. Mm. When we're choosing about what to restore, uh, we know that the, the art depicting naked people is uh, more popular, so we tend to go for those. Ah, uh, yes, excellent. Yeah. Uh, do you... Um feel that the uh are there instances where you feel that naked people are not appropriate for certain situations no they're always appropriate actually mm. that's that's the, the whole point of medieval stuff how do you deal with the rust on um the the metal from the um know, things they wore the rust on the metal i mean chainmail specifically well, the chainmail I usually take home and wear. Okay. Um, sure. I go to Renaissance festivals often, um, but uh, the rest of the metal, you know, we just sort of let it, let it, you know, it's old. <laughs> it's just, it's just not going to look the same. So the the art community responded to your uh, restoration of uh, the the. Uh, a Garden of Earthly Delights by Hieronymus Bosch to make everyone completely naked. Uh, mm. they, they interpreted that uh, quite controversially. Uh, how do you respond to that uh, controversy? You know, the Garden of Earthly Delights was um, was a passion project for me. And um, I just, you know, I, it's hard for me to, like, separate my art from my self-worth. And um, I just uh, want to say fuck you to those people. And is that why you did the same thing to your own family Sears portrait? Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, that was two minutes, but I felt like that was enough to like get okay. into the okay, so conversation. Okay, so two minutes. Okay. Right. <laughs> we speed up the shit anyway, so it's not going to match. Yeah, that That's was fine. fun. That was fun. Yeah. Good All job. Right. <laughs> also, what is, is it chain metal or chain mail? Uh, chain mail, right? Yes, chain, chain mail. mail is the armor. I, as I said it, I was like, that doesn't fucking make sense. Um, you know what I mean? I don't know. That's what it's called, though. Oh, All right. <laughs> cool. I'll go All right. next. Go for it. All right. Okay, hold on. I Do you want mic. me to time you? Uh... Oh, the pineapple rotates. It does. It's the top and the bottom. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of this. Ooh. Chemistry. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm real good at science shit, so let's see how this goes. All right. And uh, proceed with questions. Uh, yeah. I wanted to know more about your recent breakthrough with... Um, cancer and how you came about that yeah uh we figured out what it is oh yeah so because it was very unclear before no one really understood it and Mm. so um we found what it is it's something with a cell and uh, we found that through testing mice which is gross (laughs) cool Mm -hmm. we had to cut them open oh science Uh, so how do you respond to criticism from the mice saying we're not gross you're gross uh I just tell them, quite frankly, it's science and nothing personal. Hmm. Um, regarding your, your chemistry background, people have, have criticized uh, your education mm. uh, in particular. Mm. Um, any response to that? Uh, my parents paid for me to go to college like all the other rich kids. So, <laughs> uh, so important uh, chemistry question. Um, why did Pierce Brosnan and Stephanie Zimbalist work so well together in Remington Steel, but he couldn't really find a great romantic interest in his Bond movies? Ah, that is a good question. Um, the chemistry of love is very, um, you know, palpable, and you can see it through, uh, the screen. So, without a potion of sorts, it's just not gonna work. And, uh... When you're experimenting with this love potion, um, on set or off, uh, what what goes into that? Mice. Oh. Yeah. We give it to the mice and um, see if it works with them or not. We so you've gotten mice to fall in love? Yes. And sometimes eat each other. It can backfire. 
And when you get the mice to fall in love and they procreate and mm -hmm. you have more mice, what do you do with those mice? Test them with cancer. Oh, all right. It's, it's a win-win for science. <laughs> and that's time. That's <laughs> <laughs> Stressful. Some say that cancerous mice are wonderful. <laughs> I appreciated your chemistry question and your take on... Um, I liked that. Yeah, yeah that, I was, was like, that was, that was great. Yeah, Dropping some 80s Remington steel for those old, old people. <laughs> listening Perfect. To I was podcast. like, I do not know what this is, but we're just going to go with it. All I could think of, I kept thinking of like the Sandra Bullock movie with Love Potion. It's <laughs> 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 like, how can I draw? I didn't, I don't know, but... Nice job. Nice job. You're up, Jason. I guess, up. I guess it's me, so I don't want to pull something that I wrote. Okay. So. It's hard. It's hard not to do. This is something that I wrote, so okay. I'm pulling something else. Drop it back in. All right. Because are you an expert in that thing that you wrote? I am not necessarily an expert, but I feel like I've had time to prepare, and that kills the improv. Mm -hmm. ah. All right. Crisis response. All right. Who? And questions. Uh, yeah. So when you are preparing for a response, like how much time do you usually have? Oh my God, like no time at all. <laughs> like I have no freaking idea what I'm doing. All right. Somebody come to me and they have a crisis. I'm like, ah, okay, 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 okay. Right. Calm down, calm down, do something, do something, do something. And by the time I've like calmed down enough, it's usually like uh, five minutes, I guess. Stop pressuring me. Okay. So how much time? <laughs> what? Oh, oh God. Oh God. I didn't even answer the question. Okay. Uh, five minutes, let's okay. say. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it, it can vary. And, and how do you feel about criticism when people say that, like, that response didn't go well? Oh, God. It, it feels so awful. And you know what? They're right. I'm pretty terrible. I mean, uh, like, I'll be honest. I don't deal with personal crises well. But fortunately, I'm able to channel that into responsibility for actual crises. At least that's what I tell myself. And when a personal crisis does come your way, um, how do you handle that? Uh, alcohol. Oh. Um, you know, um, self-loathing. Mm. Uh, thoughts of suicide. Um, oh, those, oh, God, that's a terrible answer. Oh, my God. How uh, do you respond to the people that say that you were drunk when responding to things? I, I say, you're probably right. I black out a lot. Um, I... I know it's not—it's not really great that I'm in, in charge of FEMA, but you know, I'm—I'm I'm, honestly, I'm not really qualified for this job. Those criticisms, totally fair. Oh, interesting, interesting. Did, have you killed anyone? Um, directly or indirectly? Indirectly, definitely. Directly, probably. Okay. Um. And as as the leader of FEMA, how do you respond to uh, criticisms oh. of uh, playing political games? Ah. Uh, Oh, you're probably totally right. Like, I'm playing political games all the time. It's like castle intrigue all the time. And like, oh, who's doing what? And like, oh, who's going to be fired next week? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, someone put some notes on my desk saying there's some flooding somewhere. I'm like, oh, I don't have time for this. <sighs> and game. <laughs> that was excellent. I appreciate that. Oh, fucking FEMA. All right. Fucking FEMA. One more round? Yep. All right. Last round. I, I like your big emotional choices, Jason. <laughs> Thank you for practicing what you preach. <laughs> Freudian psychiatry. Ah. All you, right. You've gotten both of mine, and I I'm did. sorry. <laughs> you did really good ones. <laughs> so these are hard. It is, it is. But I can also just make up whatever the fuck I want. That's so, right. Yeah. And yeah. questions. So uh, Freudian psychiatry has been... Uh, discredited uh, for concentrating too much on uh, the ideal of imagery, like, for example, cigars and tunnels. How do you respond to such criticism? Um, I think cigars are penises and tunnels are vaginas. <laughs> Uh, yes, was well, precisely that kind of imagery that that, that yeah, was, yeah. was criticized. Um, so, uh, how do you feel about uh, screwdrivers? Uh, same. I feel like penises and also i just i just want to say i'm really getting this energy that like you would like to fuck your mother the relationship between myself and my mother is irrelevant to this interview thank you very oh, much okay well <laughs> i have a, <laughs> a personal question sure uh if i happen to find myself attracted to uber drivers mm. what does that mean it means you're human oh and, and what, what, if, what, would say. what if that uber driver happens to be uh, my mother then I would say you're wasting your money, probably. Uh, I don't. I don't think you should have to pay that much money to get your mother to drive you around. Um, a and mother does insist that I do remunerate her for driving you around. Then I would say she's not attracted to you back because she's making you pay her. Wait, are you saying that all the other people that I pay for love are don't actually love me back? Right. This is quite a shocking revelation. <laughs> what is your take on paying for love? 
uh, do it if you feel like it. Uh-huh. If it keeps you from fucking your parents, you know, as we all struggle with that. Right, right. Hmm. Wait, do, do we all struggle with that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't pay your parents is what I'm gathering from this? You shouldn't pay your parents. They just, it should be free. Yeah. And is it me or is it hot in here? Uh, <laughs> uncomfortable. Well, if we're gonna get all Oedipal up in here, <laughs> excuse oh, me, man. I got two eyes that need poking out. <laughs> oh, oh my god! All right. <laughs> Oof! All right, I think I'm next. I can't reach this around the. Um, I'm trying to pick yeah, one that I didn't hard. write. There's only two. Oh, good. Left. I didn't. I didn't write this one. All right. So, um, glass blowing is my, my 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 expertise. Perfect. So, um, so your recent works, uh, pictured behind you. Um, how did you go about uh, choosing that style for this project? Well, uh, I sort of let the lightning do it for me. The lightning. Lightning. The lightning helps you blow the glass. Yep. Can That's you how explain it works. that process? You have to use uh, thunderstorms, <laughs> and it makes glass. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know what more you you got to know, but that's how it works. Oh, um, so was that why you were outside of your barn with several spheres of hot glass the other day, screaming, make this glass God, I dare you, I dare you, Lord? Uh, yeah, that was me, and me and the Lord, we were in a fight. (laughs) We hadn't had a a good glass thunderstorm. (laughs) Why are you fighting with God? I just want to see my Lord and my glass blower get along. That's all any of us want, but sometimes the big guy, he just, he's petty, mm, you know? That's right. God is a petty son bitch. And when was the last time God was petty uh, in your relationship with God? What, five days ago? He just, I was, I was trying to make less, and he refused to make thunderstorms, and also he made a storm when I was trying to watch the season finale of The Good Place, and I couldn't watch it. I had to go so... fucking work. So you don't want any spoilers of The Good Place in this interview? No. Oh. I heard God doesn't like The Good Place because he thinks it reveals too much about his intentions. Well, well, well. God can just suck it. (laughs) And that's time. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. You heard it here. God can just suck it. Um, I feel like I should apologize to someone for that. <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, sorry, yeah, Jesus. That guy. Yeah. Um, Oy. Nice guys. All right. Yep. Final. We just take us where the comedy takes us. Yeah. You know what I mean? We just follow the train. We did great. And with that, Jason, could you close us out with okay. our final subject matter expert? All right. Let me reach. I in think here. we each picked. Like you picked all I of picked mine. Yours. Yeah. I picked all of Jason's, and Jason picked all of yours. Okay. I have. Voting ballot person? <laughs> the people that know things about voting ballots. Yeah. Oh, okay. All so, right. All right. I don't know what they're called, but that was my suggestion. All right. All right. Tell. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, so as a voting ballot person, yeah. um, what, is, what is your ethical code? Uh, my ethical code is uh, money talks and BS walks. You know, I mean, I got all these boxes. They're filled with ballots. What happens to them afterwards? I can't say, but maybe Mr. Lincoln can say. Just Lincoln? <laughs> I, I'm very poor, all right? <laughs> like, if you got $5 bills, and I'll be frank, even pennies, I will totally sell out this election for you. Like, seriously, I'm advertising to any Democrat, Republican, Libertarian. If you bring me money, I swear to God, I will deliver this election right to you. Um, have you been in contact with a foreign government? All the time. Oh my God, the Russians won't stop calling. It's like, oh, all day, all night, I pick up the phone. It's like, Spasiba, how are you, comrade? I'm like, eh, hey, stop calling me, Russians. I don't want your stupid Russian ruble money. That's worth even less than a Lincoln. You need real American money if you want to sway this election. That was going to be my question. You require a uh, conversion into American currency? 
Do do I look like Western Union? Do I look like one of those tourist trap currency conversion places in an airport? I should be because those are great gigs. They give you such a terrible exchange rate. But I ain't. So yeah, if you want, if you want to mess around with this election, you gotta give me good old American cash. And it doesn't bother you that it it directly influences how the government operates. Government schmovenment, you know? If people wanted good government, they wouldn't be so interested in what's going on on Facebook. Um, are you concerned that the Russian government is going to know you're blabbing in this way and request all of their money back? Eh, I ain't so concerned about that. I mean, what did the Russian government ever do to people? Yeah, Hand you're right. <laughs> See, I'm like, wow. expert, uh, actually, I think I'd rather play World's Worst. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, too. That's 100% the same thing. Yeah. TBH. No experts know what's going on. Ever. Amazing. Well, great know a crazy thing I saw on YouTube on accident? Yeah. Speaking of experts, there was a guy that... Uh, was it a Sonic commercial? No. I... We'll get to that. Um, but he was the guy that was, like, worked for the FBI in, like, body language. And I don't... I 100% was like, I have to click on this because I'm just forever going to be curious if I don't. Yeah. And there was one guy that they got, they caught him being a spy because of how he held flowers. Like, they had nothing on Whoa. him, but then when he was walking out of a flower shop, he held them upside down, which is how, like, Eastern Europeans hold them, apparently. <gasps> and that's how they got him on being a spy. Isn't that crazy? Wow. They had nothing else. And I was like, that's it. And then they were able to like open up the rest of the stuff based off of it. But like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was like, I would have never known that. But what if I like go to like, you know, uh, I was going to say Czechoslovakia. That's how old I am. What if I go to the Czech Republic and I just happen (laughs) to buy some flowers and they're going to be like, spy, spy. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know. But maybe. Apparently that's, I was like, what if you were just holding them different? You know what I mean? Like, but I think when you're a spy, you're trying to be as like, like assimilated as possible. you how to assimilate. Right. Like, yeah. That's what, you know, the you're going to fuck up in those little does. ways. Yeah. Anyway, I just felt like that was relevant to this conversation. It was. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I want to say thank you to Jason thank for coming so and hanging out with us. My absolute pleasure. I, I'm very glad to be a part of this podcast, which exists only to deliver vital information to our spies in Eastern Europe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and if we can get someone to pay so, us, I don't really care if it's the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> Hear that, guys? We're looking for sponsors. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I do want to say thank you for spending your afternoon with us in this very hot room. Um, we appreciate you. You are a wonderful guest. Uh, how can the people find you? Uh, so, uh, on Twitter, I am at jspec. Um, there's no other social media I particularly care about. Okay. Uh, I teach drop-ins at The Pit, so look to thepit-nyc.com uh, and follow the link to drop-in classes. You can find when I'm teaching. Yes. Uh, it's kind of a regular schedule, so it's hard to actually plug on a podcast. That's okay. We don't That's know perfect. when this is coming out. So. Okay. <laughs> and uh, depending on when this comes out, I will either will be speaking or have spoken at a... Uh, at a new developers conference uh, at Microsoft, which we totally didn't talk oh. about. I totally live in the tech world, but uh, <laughs> uh, he's yeah. a multi-talented man. I know, he's very impressive. Yeah. We talked a lot about Bing before this started. We did. And if you want to search us on Google or Bing, you can find us at. Uh, oh, she pointed. At I pointed me. at you because you <laughs> are better at the things. Uh, at what's the point pod on Instagram and what's the point PC on Twitter. And, um, if you like this podcast, subscribe, rate it, review it, help other people find it. Tell your friends, your coworkers over lunch, call your mother. Um, yeah. Or don't, you don't have to call your mom if you don't have that kind of relationship. That's fine. Yeah. I still, I don't even think I told my mom I'm doing a podcast. So. Um, Anywho. And anyway. Eastern European diplomats, your numbers are 7, 24, <laughs> 3, 18. End of communication. Uh, you can find me uh, on Insta and Twitter at Teffa Trending, T-E-F-F-A Trending. And you can find me at Amanda Krebs, K-R-E-B-S. Um, thanks so much for listening and supporting. Thank you. And thank you to Russia. To all and something about having a good night.